It's okay to feel emotions. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It makes you stronger. It's like how many people are saying emotion makes you stronger? You know, emotions might not be able to lift up 500 pounds, but it can withstand a whole hell of a lot more than that. Phoenix McCoy is the owner and fitness and mindset coach behind the Golden Movement. Using his own experiences with concussion and mental health struggles, Phoenix has created a space for men to feel, grow, and heal. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. In this incredible conversation, Phoenix shares the story behind the Golden Movement and the pillars that it stands on. We dive into the importance of mind-body connection, cognition, and focus, along with how important healthy personal practices are for holistic health and well-being. Phoenix shares how his coaching has evolved through the global pandemic and what he's more aware of now more than ever in the world of men's health. His answers to my questions about toxic masculinity and what it means to him and what can be done about it deserve a round of applause. We jump into the conversation today with the question, how did your experience with concussions bring you into such an awareness of the importance of mental health? So when I was in high school, I had actually uh, did a research paper on the amount of concussions that uh, NFL players receive in, in a regular season. And it was like an astronomical amount. So like in high school, I was already aware of like what concussions look like and how there's also higher suicide rates with NFL players who experience more concussions than average people. So I was versed in that and I had received about three or four pretty intense concussions during high school. Uh, and then I received another six outside of um, like what after I had graduated from high school. But anyway, that started manifesting itself in like very bizarre ways where like I was having extreme lows uh, and in dark places for like an extended amount of time. Uh, I didn't want to be around anybody. And then it came to a point where like I was exp- like because I had 10 concussions and five of those went undiagnosed. So like meaning to say that I didn't go and get them checked out, but they were severe. And then it started manifesting itself as like, I was like extremely depressed all the time. I had super low energy. I couldn't remember anything. And I have like these lumps on my head as well from concussions that I had received. And and like, I had noticed them in 2019 and I was like, it really concerned me. So I was going to the doctor on getting them checked out. And uh, he was like, well, if, if it gets worse, just come back kind of thing. I was like, this is worse. This is bad. Like I, I, like I had, I had blindness and like peripheral blindness in my right eye. And he like, you know, and the doctor's telling me that I just come back when it's worse kind of thing. And it was like, man, like this is unbelievable that I'm depressed, you know? And, and I was in a dark place too, where it was like, I was kind of having trouble seeing the point to everything, you know? which is a dark thing to say, but it's true. And then I started to realize that like, that was the conclusion was that I had received so many concussions and I wasn't taking that into consideration. So I started to tune inwards and I started to listen to my body. And at this point too, I had a crazy awakening with like some of the traumas that I had received inside of my life. And it was just like a a very profound awakening. And shortly after uh, I had met Alexandra and she introduced me to, um, astrology, which actually kind of helped (laughs) understand my own psychology in some ways. But uh, I I saw the importance of when we have that grind, grind, grind mentality, and we're not taking care of our bodies, and we're not tuning inwards, 
we can find ourselves in extremely dark places. And if we don't have the resources to access, to help us cope with that, we can be in like some serious danger for sure. Mm -hmm. So then 2019, you have these lumps on your head. You're starting to understand that these highs and lows could be directly and are ultimately directly correlating to your head injuries. So that was in 2019. So how did you take that information and that newfound knowledge and put your energy into the golden movement? (laughs) So uh, it was, it was interesting because the golden movement actually birthed in um, 2020. And this was after I had sustained another injury. So it was like 2019. I was like, wow, like I, you know, like I finally understand why, (laughs) why I have trouble (laughs) remembering things and why, like I was in all these highs and lows. So it actually relieved a lot of stress to understand that. And then I started doing these protocols. Um, I started working with uh, this fungus called um, lion's mane, which I had got from someone who had uh, received uh, similar, um, had a similar past as I had. And it actually helped with like my cognition. It helped with my focus. And then I I was like, well, I, I know that I'm not the only one who's experiencing these kinds of situations. There's a lot of athletes who experience this that go undiagnosed. There's the, uh, the NFL, uh, there's also the CFL. Like there's a lot of people who, who know about the dangers of concussions, but aren't really talking about it. So like flash forward to 2020, I was like, I need to be the voice for these people that aren't that either don't have the courage to to speak up or they feel crazy like I did when I first found this out. So, you know, after a lot of uh, different names, I landed on the golden movement and that kind of blossomed from having like a golden mentality, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, you know, and to access that like like golden aspect. I don't know, it's like golden and just kind of attracted to it. So, I figured that was a good name for the golden movement and I went from there. And then movement, obviously, being because I remember even you visiting us here, you move a lot <laughs> and movement is important. Yeah, exactly. The The name that I had originally was actually called movement medicine. Uh, and that was because like movement is medicine. But I did some research and then I found that there was this clinic in Toronto that had the same name. So I was like, OK golden movement it is and yes golden mentality and then movement because i have an extensive background in strength and conditioning i'm coming on 11 years now as a as a strength and conditioning coach so that's very cool so the importance of looking after mental health and moving your body what are the pillars that the golden movement really stands on for you as a man running this business yeah um so the pillars that i stand on are mental health awareness nutrition, exercise, and balance. And those are the four pillars that I, that I kind of build everything off of. It's a holistic practice. You know, at one point in my life, I was focused just on nutrition. At another point, I was focused just on movement. And then at another point, I was focused more or less just on my mental health. And, and then I noticed that there wasn't much of a balance in between those and that like health is a holistic practice. It's not just we implement a, a new diet uh, regimen and then everything's fine. All of our problems go away. It's, it's something that we need to continually be uh, invested in. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I build, I build upon those. And uh, I feel like when we can look at that in a holistic way, that is how we really unlock the keys to holistic health. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how you shifted from coaching people through moving their bodies and that fitness coaching into more of the mental practices that you're using. Yeah. Okay. So 
Very like I've had several coaches in the past where like there's very much so here's your program, you're gonna get all the results that you need, very intense. And I found that like it was lacking a mind-body sort of connection, very intentional with breath as well, because we we don't think about it, but our breath is like our vitality, it's our life. And if we're not actually focusing on what's happening with our breath, especially during exercise we become very invested on what's on the sheet of paper that we're following or on our phone and very less so like integrated into how we feel during that time. So the way that I kind of integrate my uh, movement practices with my clients is I have affirmations with every single workout and I send videos to during the program to show them different techniques as to how to utilize the breath and how to um, feel how your body's doing because it's, it's very unrealistic to give someone like a six month program and be like, hit every workout four days a week. You know, it's like, what if my knees jacked up because I hit it off something? Do I still need to do this workout? Most coaches would be like, oh, no pain, no gain kind of thing. It's like, we really need to change the way that we think about this because if people are listening to individuals like that, just because they have these credentials, a lot of people are going to get injured. And like, I myself have been the product of like injury from coaches with that kind of mentality. So it's really just uh, tuning into the breath. Um, and those affirmations are based off of the initial intake that we have, whatever that person's kind of working on and helping them really train their subconscious mind with their movement practice and the affirmation and their breath. You just said something that made me think of personal practices. So what are your personal practices? Like how does Phoenix maintain as much as I like the word balance, I'm trying to think of like, how do you ride that sliding scale to look after your holistic being? For sure. So it's it's interesting because I feel like I work really well when there's structure and there's like routine and like there's things that are happening uh, regularly that I can rely on. So typically what I like to do is wake up in the morning and immediately do some sort of meditation. So after I brush my teeth, sorry, I'll drink like <laughs> three cups of water and then I'll go into meditation and then I'll focus on my breath work, depending on what kind of breath work that I'm doing that day. Um, if it's early in the morning, usually I'll do something to kind of like invigorate, create some fire inside of my body. After that, I'll be going either for a walk outside or I'll exercise. And then from there, just making sure that I've been playing a lot or around a lot with fasting as well. So I'm doing an intermittent fast. I won't eat until like 12 or one o'clock. And then I'll have my first meal and such. But I find um, waking up in the morning and doing a meditation uh, first thing without like, you know, looking at my phone or anything like that. It really helps me just like focus on the goals that I have or like my to-do list that I have for that day and just getting things done in, in, in a way that feels good. And some days I wake up and I'm like, man, like, I don't really want to do this this morning. I kind of just want to like sleep in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when my body's telling me that, I just listen because I found that if my body is saying that to me, if my body's saying that, not my mind, then I have to listen to that because that's a clear indication and that's communication from my body, right? So that's kind of like how my practice goes and, and just making sure that I'm not crushing intense, crazy workouts, you know, like I used to like double workouts five times a week. It's like, it's not sustainable, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've really switched my mentality on all of that and just listening to my body mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm working with that. I just heard you say ta-da list. And I wasn't sure if that was a <laughs> slip or if it was, if you meant to say to no. do, or it was, I figured it was intentional. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get something done off your uh, to-do list, like to-do, yeah. <laughs> just check it off. <laughs> That's so good. I wanted to spiral back to coaching and also mm. what you're doing now and what, and we have some big things to share with us about what you're doing next, but I really wanted to ask about COVID. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. swear word nowadays, but anyway, yeah. how has your coaching style evolved over the last year? When COVID hit, there was a, there's a few things that we saw, right? Like we started to see that we were more isolated than we had ever been. We were on our phones more than ever. We were sitting more than ever. Alcohol, what was it? Like LCBO stocks rose because, <laughs> because they were making a killing. But one thing that like really caught my eye and kind of, it really made me feel something because of like my own past with mental health was like how drastically the suicide rate had increased specifically in men. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was doing all this research. I was reading all these articles. I was like, why is this happening? And like, why aren't we focalizing on this? Why aren't we like talking about this? And I saw that some people were, but it wasn't the main focus. Like as there's many deaths that were occurring and still are with COVID. So like, it was like COVID really took the center stage, but it was like, there is an alarming amount of people who are taking their own lives, probably because they don't have access to the resources that they need. They don't feel safe that they can actually communicate and talk about whatever is going on. And I really took it upon myself that I'm a holistic coach and uh, you know, I look at nutrition and mental health and exercise and balance and harmony and all that, then I really need to open up my services to a point where like men specifically feel safe that they can come to me and, and know that they'll be heard and it's a safe environment for them to work out whatever's going on. I'm by no means uh, a counselor or a therapist, but you can make a huge impact by just listening to somebody. And if that person knows that like you've been on a similar route, there's also a level of like rapport and respect that's there as well. And if you can be stable within your emotions as well, it's like, I have no problem showing emotion because I think emotions make us strong. It shows that we're grounded in who we are. Another thing, it's like, I'm an emotional person and I really put that out there. And I talk about the the things that are taboo and, and things that people won't necessarily talk about because I want to be that beacon for people who are in those dark places. And I get people who reach out to me all the time. These people that I work with, is some pe- it's interesting with like social media, you'll have people who look at your stuff and they just like, they never reach out or anything. You'll have people who don't even look at your stuff, but are following you. And then like six months later, they message you and they're like, I've been watching everything. I've been looking at everything. And you can't like, you can't imagine how much this has impacted me. So I took it upon myself that I'm a men's holistic health coach based off of those stats that I saw during COVID. And I didn't really see any, like, I didn't see like a lot of people that were doing that. So I, I, I really wanted to step into that role and, uh, and I have, and it's been like, it's been very transformational for me. And even just the direction that I'm going to be having for the next six, seven years <laughs> to the future from now. <laughs> yeah, We're going to go there. I have one question that just came up when you had said emotions and having spent some time with you and Alex last summer, your emotions are one of the most beautiful things about you. And mm-hmm. we talked pre-recording about how toxic masculinity is so, so detrimental on so many levels. So yeah. my question would be, what is toxic masculinity to you and how do we overcome it? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Big question too. Um, I think toxic masculinity is just this ideology that we as men need to function a certain way 
that shows that we are grounded regardless if we are being rude or we're not being emotional. It's like it's this ideology that we need to be a certain way. And that's very interesting because it's like, how can we fit everyone into one box? We're all like emotional beings. Like we all feel things. We all have emotions and toxic masculinity doesn't want to talk about emotions. It's like, put your head down and grind. It's very much so the same mentality that comes from like the grind culture. It's like a child of that in some ways. So I think the best way to overcome toxic masculinity is just to call it out when you see it. Uh, there's, there's very much so something that occurs when there's a group of men together where one of the men will say something that's totally inappropriate and degrading. And then all the other men around the circle laugh. They've accepted that, even if they don't agree with it, you know? They show that solidarity, that uh, camaraderie, that like, we're all here together. And I laughed at that showing that I got your back kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? But if one guy, one man there would be like, that was extremely inappropriate. And that wasn't called for, you know, it would change the mood. And some people inside of that group might react in an adverse way and be like, well, you can't talk to him like that. But there will be a clear divide of people who are like, yeah, actually, he he just spoke up and I feel the same way, but I wasn't going to speak up, but he did. So, you know, you just really need to call it out and stomp on it because it's real and it's around. And it's it's not only degrading to men as a whole, it's also degrading to like, it's just unbelievable some of the things people can get into and say. So, yeah, just stomp it when you see it is, mm-hmm. is how I do it. And just be real. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if someone's going to tell me that they don't show emotion, it's like, man you can put down your armor. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to feel emotions. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It makes you stronger. It's like how many people are saying emotion makes you stronger. You know, emotions might not be able to lift up 500 pounds, but it can withstand a whole hell of a lot more than that. Oh, I love that. I feel like emotions and the ability to feel and express emotions are hands down the most beautiful part of the human experience. Mm, Totally, totally. And what that does for communication too, with Mm -hmm. just like your friends, your family, your loved ones, your partner. It's like when you can express how you're feeling, regardless of how ugly it is, if you can talk about that, it's out. You can look at it now. But if you just keep that in, how is that manifesting within yourself? Mm -hmm. It manifests in very ugly ways. And I think we saw some of that during COVID, like what we had just spoken about, where people were not talking about their emotions, maybe didn't feel safe to either. It's like, well, I can't make this about me. There's a global pandemic that's going on, you know? So it's like... Yeah, comparative suffering. Yeah. So it's just like, it's... When we can talk about emotions, there's a tremendous amount of healing that can occur. And it shows real strength, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that relatability, which... I say so often in this podcast, it helps people feel less alone. And that's where I feel like the work that you're doing is so crucial and so, so special. Thank you, Amanda. Mm-hmm. So I want that to segue into some massive shifts because full disclosure, listeners, <laughs> Phoenix and Alex were thinking about moving in with us around this time totally. right now. <laughs> Totally. So some big things have changed in the last year. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, this actually happened maybe 
two and a half, maybe three months ago, where I saw all of that, the statistics that were going on. And I realized that a lot of the people that were reaching out to me were sharing some incredible stories, were sharing and expressing very courageous stories, you know, like being extremely vulnerable with me. And like me, a Scorpio wanting to just dive deep in there with them. I also have like a, like my coaching certification as well. And one of the things that we look at when, uh, when we're getting too deep into something or we, we haven't been trained properly for what could possibly come out of these stories that are being shared, you can't start to unpack something that you're not fully versed in, that you're not educated with, that you don't have, ex- uh, I don't want to say ex- experience. It is experience, but it's like you don't have the credentials to do that. So all these people who are sharing these like amazing stories with me, I was like, oh, like, I want to go into the depths with them. But it's like, I don't, I don't have the, the tools. I don't quite have all the, uh, the equipment that I need to like dive deep in with this person and like help them with their healing. And that's what I had to do. I had to be straight up with them. It's like, I am so appreciative that you shared that with me, but I'm not clinical psychologist. I'm not a therapist, you know, and some people, they don't, you know, like they don't really need that setting, but you have to be able to discern between those who do and those who don't, because you can find yourself in a very like tricky situation. So with that being said, with the overwhelming amount of people who are reaching out to me, I was like, this is like a clear sign. And I decided that uh, I wanted to become a social worker uh, and to, I'm not sure what that'll branch into, but uh, I wanted to equip myself with the proper tools and education to help people because it's like, that's, it's my calling Mm -hmm. on this earth and, and in this lifetime is to help people. And I like going into the depths of things as well. So I felt that calling. And it was like, when I had that awakening, it was like, okay, it was like, geez, we're not going to the cusp anymore. It looks like we're going back to North Bay. But uh, it's, uh, it, it feels very right. As much as you know, we really both wanted to be in the cusp in BC with you and Riley. It was like, this is the next step that I need to take. And I'm able to get funding for staying in Ontario for schooling. So that was what made sense. I want to express how much I admire the fact that you are able to discern what is yours and what's not when it comes to helping someone out because there is so much damage done with unqualified coaches that take on that role that can't catch people when they're falling. So thank you for acknowledging that and taking the steps required to catch people in a safe way, to allow them to unravel in a safe way, to work through and navigate their traumas in a safe way. Like so much love for you. Mega, mega kudos, Phoenix, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's hard to, right? Like when someone reaches out to you and you're like, I think I could help them. It's like, no, you're not registered for this. Like you, you don't have the tools for this. So it's, thank you. It's like, uh, there's so much fire behind going back to school and knowing that like one day I'll be able to help these people on the level that I want. It's that fire. (laughs) I get it. I get the fire. I understand it to my core. And I think what is so beautiful about this is that in the meantime, you are still able to hold space and do the listening that you've become so good at. You're still able to be a friend and a mentor and maintain that so that when you're qualified, that person is still in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like one like thing that I did during, uh, I think it was the month of January was I made like a, a mental health awareness link on my website. 
And then I opened up all of my services for free to anyone who needed it, which was just like, absolutely. Like, I'm so happy that I did that. But like, that was one of the ways that like, I was like, okay, if I can't help this person, like in the depth that I, that I want to, then at least like, if they need like a training program or they need help with nutrition or they like need some like structure within like their daily uh, regimen or whatever it is, they just want a coaching call. It was like, just sign up. And I have no problem doing this for free, of course. And uh, I got a lot of positive feedback for that. And um, I think there could have been more people like who, who had utilized it, but it was like the amount of people that I got, it was like, you know, I made an impact in at least one person's life, you know, few people's lives. So it was like, I was very excited about that. And um, that's something I'm probably going to continue to do. I'll probably dedicate like a month or two months out of the year where all my services are free and uh, to whoever needs it. But mm-hmm. it was the, it was the starting of something really beautiful. Yeah. Good for you. I have my three safe haven style questions. You ready? Yay. Yes, I am. Okay. What are you most proud of? I am most proud of my ability to face some of my darkest hours and still be able to come back to myself and and love myself anyway. So self-love, I think, is what I'm most proud of for sure. Mm. What would you like to be known for? (laughs) That whoever I encountered, they... uh, they were seen and they were heard and they were loved. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? Believe in yourself and don't give up. And uh, it gets easier. Phoenix, you're the best. Where can people find you online? <laughs> <laughs> I could just talk to you for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my Instagram handle is golden.movement. It's a picture of me in the mountains. It's pretty distinct. You'll, you'll see all the content there. Um, my website is the goldenmovement.ca. And then on Facebook, I have the Golden Movement Fitness page. I'm working on a Twitter account right now, but I've just been kind of focusing on <laughs> my outreach and, and all of that. So um, yeah, those are the three links that you can find me at. And th- the fitness page on Facebook, it's a private group, but anyone can join. And I post a lot of content in there. A lot of the content that I put on my Instagram, I put in there. And sometimes there's special offers for things. So Mm. if you wanted to join the group, please do. Uh, I'd love to have you. And I'd love to hear your story. Incredible. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes. Thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Phoenix, you are such a gift. Thank you so much for joining me on The Safe Haven. I am so excited about your next steps into social work and cannot wait to watch you blossom in that space. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform and I'm committed to creating a safe, brave and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven Podcast so I can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.